You're listening to Evolution Digital, how businesses across industries have adapted to ensure continued success in today's digital marketplace. I'm Tracy Sheckel. Hi, everybody. I'm Tracy Sheckel with Hotelco, and I am here with Robbie McAlpine, the owner of Alpine Advertising in Anianta, Alabama. Robbie works with Hotelco doing various advertising things for us, but he also is the owner of a radio station down here, WCRL. Both the advertising business and the radio business have changed significantly with the digital evolution, and so we're going to talk to Robbie about both. You want to tell us about how you got started in advertising first, and then we'll talk about radio? Absolutely. How are you doing, Tracy? I'm awesome. It's good here in the South, right? It's warmer here. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so I I started out in radio years ago with a a morning show called The Rick and Bubba Show. Seriously? In the South, the show was called The Rick and Bubba Show? It is, The Rick and Bubba, and it's still around, and it's syndicated. They they went on to do really, really well for themselves. So, yeah, they're, they're here, syndicated out of Birmingham now. So I started there, and then from there went into the ad agency business with a company out of Birmingham. And uh, in 2003, started my ad agency. And on July 8th of this year, we'll be 17 years old. And as far as the radio station goes, I bought this radio station, WCRL, 10 years ago. So uh, lots changed in the last 17 years and since I got into the, into the media business. So let's first talk about the ad agency. I'm guessing when you bought it, there was a lot of paper being passed around. And now it's much different, correct? Yeah, yeah, really. A lot of things are still done on paper, but, you know, DocuSign and things of that nature has overcome paper for the most part. But what's really changed on the agency side of things, we represent the automotive industry is our main uh, client at the agency, do some telecom also. And uh, the main thing that's changed is the media business used to be about two things, reach and frequency. So you'd want to reach as many people as you can with the highest frequency that you could in order to make an impact on the business that you're advertising for. That's changed. Everybody wants to be very granular now. So it's still about reach a little bit. You want people to know who you are, you know what I mean, for top of mind awareness. But in our industry, the auto industry, they're interested in people who are in the sales or in the buying cycle. So that's uh, changed our approach where it's a little reach and a lot of targeting. And, you know, we do that through, if you've ever searched for something online, like a generator, you know, uh, next thing you know, there's ads being served to you for generators everywhere. Uh, it's called retargeting. And, you know, all of our clients, be it automotive or telecom or anybody, they want to really go after people who are in the market. And search habits is what lets us know uh, what you're in the market for. So it's really changed. And obviously that methodology would not have even been possible 20 years ago or 40 years ago? Oh, yeah. No, absolutely not. I I can remember telling clients 22, 23 years ago that, you know, the Internet was for email and playing around. You know what I mean? It'll never be a, you know. The way we live. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) now we can't breathe without, you know, our cell phones attached to us. And it's, you know, it's really, it's changed completely. You You know, the whole game, it's completely changed. Not entirely bad. I mean, you know, it's 
Uh, it's good that we can reach clients who, you know, or people, prospective buyers who are in the market for a Ford F-150 when we know they're in the market. When they perform that search, we know. And we can and we can go in and, and, and serve ads to them. So it's been good, and it's hurt other media outlets like radio stations and, you know, broadcast TV stations and stuff like that. So it's just a shift. And, every, you know. I hate when you read my mind because I was actually going to say, what is the dark side like what is this? There's it, it is good, and as a marketer myself, right. inbound marketing is huge, and targeting is huge, but there's a there's another side to it, and that is yeah. So the the dark side of it is for broadcast stations like radio, traditional media, radio, broadcast TV, even cable to some extent. It's cut them out of the media. Uh, buy from time to time, you know what I mean? It It's hurt their budgets, but all the smart TV stations, radio stations, people who are in the, in the media business on the sales side of that have started offering digital products that can not only target with reach, but also do it in a very granular way through uh, geofencing and things of that nature. So the media business has adapted to it. And um, I think a lot of the broadcast stations, radio um, TV, even newspaper who are now getting into the game or have been in the game for a few years, probably a little late to the game, but at least they're in it now and it's leveled the playing field some and helped recoup some of that income. Another dark side to it is, I mean, everybody knows what you do and you can't hide anymore. You know, the internet knows exactly what you're doing at all times. And when you share a tablet with your husband, yeah, the internet tells me when he's Thing, shopping for cars, yeah. like sports cars and things like that. It's like, hmm, yeah. it's kind of nice from that perspective. Yeah, you can really keep uh, tabs <laughs> on him, I guess. I'm glad you're not my wife. I'm just glad it's want... cars and not something else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's, there's no way to hide. Uh, you know, even, you know, I drove across uh, the state earlier today and your cell phone it tells you where you're at. So right. you can set a geofence up. If I was in Huntsville today and uh, and I went near a car dealership that had a geofence around it. It would think that, hey, he's in the market, you know, he's on the lot. Let's serve him ads because he was in our vicinity. He's up here for some reason. So, you know, it's, there's no escaping. You can't, if you think you can hide from uh, anything, you can't. It's, it's no, that's uh, obvious. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you mentioned briefly about radio media uh-huh. getting into the 21st century as well. And, you know, we're in the rural South right now, and everybody has this vision of these little radio stations that are very local and stand alone and broadcast to the small audience that they can reach, which is essentially what you started with. Tell us about what you're doing in the high schools and how you brought the radio station into the digital age. Yeah, so what we did, the the first year I had this station, um, I grew up in this town, Aniana, and uh, listening to this very station and... Every Friday night, they would have a Friday night football game. Well, there's eight schools in this county that we live in, and, um, and they would pick a game of the week, and they'd do the game of the week, and that was a big, a big deal for that school. And when I bought the station, we went to the, se- the first football season and sporting season, softball, baseball, and so on, the same way, just doing one game at a time. But my phone and email would blow up. Why aren't you doing this school? And why aren't you doing this school? Why do you favor this school over that school? And... In my mind, I'm thinking, well, we only have one station. If I had eight stations, we could. And then, and then, you know, having the digital experience that I've had in the agency business, I said, well, I can create a streaming station for every school and put it, you know, in the form of an app. So we created the WCRL app, 
and uh, it's available in you know all, all your Google Play stores and Apple stores and Alexa devices. You know you can tell it to play the radio station; it'll play it. But each school has their own radio station, if you will, now, and it's available from the WCRL app. And so every Friday night, uh, we have a broadcast team that goes to the high school football game with a broadcast setup. They set the press box, and, and, and they do that specific school, no matter where they go, home or away. And uh, they travel with the team, and, and it's really, really uh, satisfied the community in terms of all the schools are covered all the time, and it's given them a lot more exposure and given access to, uh, you know, grandparents and people who are deployed, moms and dads, things of that nature, who aren't in the area. You can listen anywhere in the world. I mean, we have listeners in Saudi Arabia and Iraq, and we're able to track that and see where everybody's listening from. And it's, you know, it's broad. It's worldwide. That's pretty amazing. From a technology standpoint, obviously, you need an internet connection at these ball fields. Is that basically it? Yeah. So at our home stadium here in Aniana, we have an Otelco connection. Works, Thanks for the plug. Yeah. Well, you know, it works, <laughs> works great. And, uh, and we broadcast back to the station or if it's being done on the app, you know, it broadcasts straight to uh, the platform on the app. And then, you know, if we have an away game that's far away uh, or wherever that, you know, uh, we just we bring a, a hotspot, you know, a little hotspot Internet mm-hmm. box and then broadcast it over the app that way. So it's all, it's all being uploaded to a cloud and streamed down to the number of, you know, to the listeners who are tuned into that specific schools play by play. And so how expensive is this for the schools? Nothing. I don't we don't charge them anything. We just we do it as a service uh, for the schools uh, we're honored to be able to do it, and uh, it doesn't cost them anything. We're just, uh, we, we try to sell some ads in there to cover the cost, and uh, sometimes we're successful at that, and sometimes we're not. But, you know, there's an old, I, I would rather have, you know, it's just paying civic rent, right? So this station's been here since 1952, and I'm just happy to, you know, I'm not making my living off this radio station. Uh, I grew up here, born and raised, and, and have a couple of houses here, and it's just something that I feel like is the right thing to do if I can do it. And being the ad agency that we are and having the IT people that we do, this is something that was easy for us. It's not being done everywhere. We're, we're, I think we're probably one of the first to do it. But, you know, it's an honor for us, and it's not a money thing. I mean. Well, that's awesome. I think everybody, everybody who has a business should find ways to give back to the community. And knowing how popular and important sports are yeah. everywhere, not just here, what a cool thing to do. You got an award for this. This is where you get to plug yourself a little oh, bit. Oh yes, well I'm all, you know great and all that sort of. Because I know it's you're so shy. <laughs> <laughs> now a few years ago we were honored by the Alabama Broadcasters Association for uh, the emerging technology of the year for the creation of this, and, and I've spoken at a couple ABA events encouraging other small radio stations to do this very thing, and you know some of them have and some of them do not have the, the IT background to make it happen. But, you know, if, if you can do it and it's, it's worth doing, even if it doesn't produce a lot of revenue for you, and it does produce a little revenue during certain sports seasons, but it's, it's just something worth doing and it's not rocket science. It's, it's streaming audio. App development is, you know, the hardest part of it, getting it listed in the app store and getting the Alexa device to play the station when you say Alexa play WCRL radio, you know, which it does, you know, all that stuff takes some setup. And, um, so and, can you go so far as to say Alexa play WCRL radio Bluntsville high school station? And will it take you to whatever high school it is you're 
looking yeah, to so you'd to? say uh, play the, for example, the Aniana said the Redskin Radio Network, and it would it would play the WCRL Redskin Radio Network. Now, like for example, there's no games on right now for Aniana, so we have a bumper that sits there and plays. Says you're listening to the Redskin Radio Network. You know, check our website for broadcast times, and then you know when the broadcast time is there, then Justin, our broadcaster for WCRL's Redskin Network. Uh, you know, he pops in and, and starts the broadcast and the sponsors, you know, ads run in it. And yeah, so it's uh, it works just like that. And it's really d- easily done from an app or a, an Alexa device. You know, you can d- stream it over Bluetooth. I mean, there's a million ways to, to get it. So before we started to chat, Justin tells me that he has some, he records the games that he does so mm-hmm. that the kids can listen to them after the fact and stuff. So maybe we can stick a, 20 second piece in here and let people listen to what it sounds like yeah that would be really good you know we've uh, a lot of our teams two or three of our teams also have camera crews so uh what we do you know justin does that on the audio side and makes uh, a highlight reel if you will each week from an editing standpoint video and then also has the full game so we have a camera guy uh that records it and all the audio is fed through the camera, through the output of the board. And then uh, we have uh, Redskin Radio Network has, uh, has a uh, YouTube channel, if I'm speaking correctly, Justin. And, you know, people can go and watch the game. It's not an ESPN production. It's a one-camera job. But the uh, play-by-play and color commentating is as good as you'll hear on ESPN. We've got great broadcasters. And uh, what we're doing here is not normal, you know what I mean? Especially for a small town, you know what I mean? We're really proud of it, and it's an honor to do it. It's really awesome. And as you know, we have footprints in six states, and people are going to hear this from all over the place. If there's a radio station in Missouri or in rural Maine that wants to embark on this, Mm -hmm. can they get a hold of you and will you talk them through it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we'd be happy to. We're a... Did a couple classes, like I mentioned, for the ABA for stations to do it. You know, we're not out trying to charge people to show them how to do it. It's just uh, something that we think it's good for the radio community. It's good for, you know, the communities that these small stations are in. And uh, we'll be happy to tell anybody how to do it, teach them how to do it, you know, have a couple sessions, you know, uh, with them, teach them how to do it. It's it's not incredibly complicated. It's It's a little time consuming initially and you've got to find some really dedicated broadcasters to the schools and that's usually you know every school especially on the high school level has some super fans right so you try to find those super fans who aren't scared to talk on on, you know into the mic and are young enough to understand the technology behind what they're doing so last thing you want is uh, a broadcaster thinking his mic's off and talking and it being mm-hmm. on and you know so there's a little bit of risk there but i mean you just you interview them and you do, you get the right people in there and it's it's not that complicated uh we'd love to teach anybody anywhere across the country okay well that's good to know if you were going to give advice to somebody coming up in broadcasting or advertising in this crazy age that's digital world moving at warp speed what would you tell them Well, you know, we hire a lot of kids from the agency side, you know, straight from like the University of Alabama or Jacksonville State. We've had some come through and and they really understand the social media part of it, but they really don't understand, even after college, the workflow, why you're doing certain things. I would suggest that everybody, uh, anybody that's interested in this career, 
they need to get Google certified on all the different levels. You know what I mean? So you'll understand retargeting and SEM and pre-roll and CTV, you know, which is connected TV, which is an emerging piece of media. Even if it's working for an ad agency for free for a while, you just you have to you have to really get down, dig down deep to to understand and get a grasp of because you can spend a lot of time working really hard and making no money in this industry. So, you know, this sounds a little savage, but if, it, if you're not making money at it or getting paying some sort of civic rent like we're doing at the radio station, you know, to me, that's just like money. I just soon have that, you know what I mean, as long as I can pay the power bill. It's not worth doing almost, you know what I mean, especially on the agency side because that's a lot of work. But I would suggest uh, they dig in and get all the Google certifications they can get. And, and then uh, with those certifications, you know, try to get on at an ad agency. That's a great starting point because mm-hmm. you'll learn TV, you'll learn radio, you'll learn, you know, everything in, in the digital world. Uh, and, you know, most young people start out having to write commercials, write, you know, copywriters. And then you, you move up to some sort of a head copywriter and then they might let you behind a camera one day. And, you know, it's just a step, you know, steps and steps. I'll probably start you off at, as traffic manager, you know what I mean? Sending out the right spots and the right rotations. So, but yeah, uh, digital is the future. That's where it's all going. And so certainly get all your Google certifications out of the way and any other certification that seems like it might be helpful. You'll be steps ahead of everybody else that applies. Right. And so you said, you know, you've been in the business 20 plus years and you used to tell people that the internet was for emailing and fun. And I remember the CompuServe days where, you know, dial up, it took the time it took me to cook dinner. It took for the thing to boot up. And so obviously you've seen how things have evolved. Now is the crystal ball question. Where do you think we're going to be in five years, 10 years? Well, I think things will continue to get more and more granular in terms of uh, marketing to people. It's going to be um, not unless government puts something in place to keep marketers from having access to that data. You know, I think there's a big debate coming up shortly over the next year or two about, you know, hey, what data are we sharing and who has the right to that data? I think there's a lot of there's probably going to be regulation, which there's not a lot of regulation over it now. So I think everything will just get more and more granular. And by that, what I mean is if I wanted to target uh, a specific address, one specific address with a myriad of ads, you know, I could do that. Or if I wanted to target them, you know, which you can kind of do that now through geofencing, but there's going to be more and more ways to target people. I I think, you know what I mean? Other than geofencing and keeping track of retargeting pickles in terms of what they're searching and, that sort of thing. So it's it's hard to guess because it's there already. It, my mind, you know, I'm at the age, I mean, I'm old, I'm 46, right? Oh, man. So, so old. <laughs> I can barely think what, uh, other than somebody putting a chip under your skin, what's next? I mean, you know, I mean, everything is, you know, and they're talking about that, you know what I mean? So I think people will be able to order things by swapping a chip instead of a card in front of, you know, um, and that'll track your buying habits. You know what I mean? And, and for, you know, for long, we'll know everybody's buying habits, which we kind of already do know the buying habits, especially if you search, but it'll just get more granular. And I hope that there's a place for both broadcast and granular, uh, media approaches. And I think there will, I've got to say in that, you know, it's fine to serve an ad, a banner ad, or, 
uh, some sort of a ad on social media to a person who's specifically in the market for what you're selling, but they've got to know you before they trust you enough to click on you, right? So they've got to hear testimonials on the radio and see them on TV that, hey, this is a good, reputable company. So they're still going to, I think there'll always be a need for broadcast because they got to know you and trust you before they'll click on you. Well, I think what you describe is scary and exciting at the same time, depending on whether you're on the marketing side or on the consumer side. But one thing that really stands out is this commitment that you have to maintain all sorts of media and the respect that you have for radio and television, which is kind of refreshing because the digital generation is not looking at those things. So that's really admirable. And I hope that you continue in that quest and that others kind of take the lead on that too. And I guess at this point, I should just say thank you. And what's the best way for people to reach you if they do want to pick your brain? Our office number is uh, 205-625-5515. The company's called Alpine Advertising Agency, and we're in Aniana, Alabama. My email address is Robbie at alpineadvertising.com. That's a good way to reach out. And, uh, yeah, man, I, I, would, I would be happy to talk to anybody about any of these things. It's, uh, it's an honor to be on the podcast with you, and I appreciate the invite. Well, thank you so much. Next time, we're back in Maine where we'll talk to Danny Sullivan, the recently retired director of IT with Woodland Pulp and Paper. Danny's retirement gig is also a product of digital evolution as he is the president of the Downey's Broadband Utility, which is serving Baileyville and Callis, Maine. Thanks for joining us. Stay safe. Let us know if you know of a business that we should include in a future podcast. <laughs>